The following audio is from Missio Day Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. If you'd like to find out more about us and how we strive to be a gospel-centered, city-focused church community, visit us at missiodei.org. So I grew up in uh, the Scouts. I'm an Eagle Scout, uh, and all that means is I have a piece of paper that says I can build a fire better than you. Uh, that's really all it means. Uh, no, but one of the things that it has uh, afforded me is some really interesting trips. And so uh, a, a couple years ago, I was actually still in high school, so more than a couple years ago, uh, I went on one of the things they call high adventures. So they're really long trips, more than you're just weekend camping at some local grounds. Uh, we actually flew to Florida. We loaded up about a 40-foot sailboat and we embarked on a week in the Florida Keys. So it's called a sea base. We learned to sail, we caught, scaled, and ate our own food. We uh, had to cook. It was a ton of high school boys and some captain. It, nothing could go wrong, right? Uh, a, a lot went wrong, but it was, it was beautiful because we were out far from the shore. We're out in the middle of the sea, and we look around at night, and the stars are just beautiful. And the storms get interesting. One night the storms got bad enough we actually escaped inland and we went through a series of canals and we dropped anchor and when we woke up, we found out we were actually in, uh, it was connected to the ocean, but a lake of a golf course when the sun rose. Uh, That was fun. There's like a 40 foot sailboat in the middle of a golf course. And we're like, oh no, we gotta get out of here. These people are not happy with us. Uh, And so one night the storm was fairly south and we didn't have to escape inland. And we, uh, before going down below deck to sleep, we all kind of sat up on the deck and watched the storm. And what was crazy was to watch every bolt of lightning light up the sky. And one came a little bit further north near, close to our boat, and lit up the sky. It was a huge bolt, and the light was so bright, I could see the shore that we were miles away from. As if someone turned on a light in the middle of pitch black darkness. And today, we're going to dive into Ephesians, and we're going to look at that very reality in our lives as Christians, the flash of light in the midst of darkness. And so where we've come from, before we actually dive into this week's text, where we've come from is, so two weeks ago, uh, Pastor Brandon Woodard uh, was here while our pastors were out uh, on a retreat, and he talked about the new person that we have in Christ out of Ephesians 4. And last week, Pastor Justin was, uh, broke down what it means to have a new community in Christ. And so those two things are going to be pivotal as we begin to dive in to what is here. And so uh, we'll jump into the text. If you have, I should have said this earlier, if you have a Bible, turn to Ephesians 5, verse 1. Uh, it'll also be up on the screen. It'll be in the app uh, that I'm also supposed to mention. You can follow along with notes in the app. Uh, so Ephesians 5. Verse one, it says this. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, 
that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. And therefore do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. This is the word of the Lord. Father, I pray that this morning your word um, shines through. I pray that we can have hearts that can hear your word and to uh, respond in obedience and faith to the things you call us to as Christians. I pray that today uh, you be present abundantly, that uh, the things that are of you remain on our hearts and the things that are of me fall flat to the floor. Bless this time, Lord, we love you, amen. So what is happening in this text? So we see a couple things. Paul uh, has two kind of positive commands in it kind of filled with a lot of uh, would be negative commands, do nots, right? Uh, and so I read this first and I was like, great, they gave me a stop it sermon. I'm just gonna list these things, say don't do it, I'm gonna walk out, easy, done. Uh, but no, uh, there's more he has to say. So uh, we start with the positive. Paul says in verse one, therefore be imitators of God. Right, so he first starts that we're to imitate God and he goes on to say to walk in love as Christ loved. And so he says this is what we are to do, right? Out of the reality that we're new people in a new community, we are to imitate God. And he goes on and he goes, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not be named among you. And so these are those negative commands that Paul puts in here to say, because we're imitators of God, we cannot do these things. We cannot even, as he says, have them named among us. That's pretty strong language. It shouldn't even be named among you. And he lists sexual morality, impurity, uh, covetousness, which is idolatry, filthy talk and crude joking. That one stings a little. Um, and, uh, and he says this, for if we give in to these things, there is no inheritance Again, some strong language that Paul is using. And so we have that negative command. He says, don't listen to empty words of the people who are not following Jesus. And he wraps it up and says, it's because we are a light. Because we are a light. And then he ends it with another set of positive commands. He says, walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. Of light. And so we have this set up of be imitators and walk in love. We should be fleeing these things so that, because we are a light, so that we may walk as children of light. That's what Paul is taking us through in this. And so I want to dive in into that reality of walking. And so walking uh, just means to conduct your life in the manner that Paul is using it. And if, you th if we stop for a moment, we actually think about what walking is. Walking is 
directional and intentional, right? We can't, I can't walk out my front door and say, I wanna go to the store and the store's over here and I go this way, right? I'm not walking in the direction that I'm atten- intending to walk. It has to be directional and it has to be intentional. People like uh, the phrase like, oh, he was just walking aimlessly through whatever. It's like, something's guiding you somewhere. There's some sort of intentionality where you're going, right? And so walking has to be directional and intentional. And so we're, what we'll do today is dive into those two very things that Paul says, the, to walk in love as Christ loved and to walk as children of light. And so we'll dive into those today and what I'm praying that we can walk away with, what we can understand is this reality, that to walk in a worthy manner means to walk in step with Christ and the light of his truth, to advance the kingdom of God in our hearts and in our neighborhoods. To walk in a worthy manner means to walk in step with Christ, with the light of his truth, to advance the kingdom of God in our hearts and in our neighborhoods. Right, if we're to be a light, these are the things we must consider. This is what it means to walk in a worthy manner. And there's some things in there, some maybe phrases that we use a lot, to walk in a worthy manner, to be in step with Christ, to advance the kingdom of God. And we'll dive more into those and begin to understand them beyond just kind of phrases we say a lot, right? Um, and so that's where we'll be today. And this is a hard call. That walking in a worthy manner is difficult. Walking in a uh, light of truth is difficult. To advance the kingdom of God is difficult. And so we have to recognize we don't do this well, do we? We don't do this well. And so if we're gonna look at walking, let's, we're gonna kinda look at that directional, intentional reality. Some of us, we're just not walking in the right direction. Some of us, we're just not walking in the right direction. And for, for some of us in that camp, it's a deliberate chasing of those very things that Paul listed. I mean, I've, I have been there. My life before knowing the Lord is that of chasing these very things that Paul says we shouldn't chase. It's walking in step with these very things of sexual immorality and impurity and, and filthiness and in crude joking. And and we've been there. Some of us are still there. We, we walk in steps. So two weeks ago, if you were here over Memorial Day, Pastor Brandon Woodard, he, he uh, talked about how the reality of sin is fun, right? That's why we kind of end up doing it because it, is, see, it seems enticing even though it destroys. And so some of us were so caught up in how enticing sin is, we're in step with it. And that's who we're walking with. That's the direction we walk. And here's, here's the problem when we deliberately walk in darkness, we're putting ourselves at odds against God. And so 1 John 1, 5 through 7 says this, it should be up on the screen. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. This passage starts, therefore be imitators of God. 
And what first John just tells us is in God there is no darkness. But we are full of darkness at times. And so if we're gonna take imitating God seriously, we have to walk in the right direction. We have to push away this darkness because that very reality means we can't be with God if God is light. And that's Paul saying that in this passage when he says there is no inheritance for what he calls the sons of disobedience. And how, but how good, how good is the gospel and how good is the cross that we can rise above by the work of Jesus to light. And so we can, we can walk in the right direction. We can put the things down and move in repentance. The very idea to repent just means to turn from. And so if we're in step with our sin, to repent means we have to turn from that. We have to take in steps with Jesus. And so for some of us walking in the wrong direction because we're deliberately embracing darkness, I call you, let down the darkness, let the light of Christ shine upon you and step with him. Walk in obedience. But some of us, we're walking in the wrong direction, not because we are necessarily deliberately embracing the darkness, but because we're following a group. We're following culture. We're taking steps in what just seems right. And so as Paul is talking, he talks about, uh, let no one deceive you with empty words. This is in verse six. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For one time you were darkness, but now you're light. Paul is saying, we cannot continue to lock arms with and walk in step with the very people in our culture that are walking toward darkness. And today, I don't think we need more reminders that our culture is doing that very thing. That it's doing the very, it is marching into darkness and some of us, we are just blindly following that group. We're letting that group have the authority in our lives to shape the very things that we do, right? And so the obvious example before us is some of us really love where this country is right now and we're following a group that is just singing its praises. And some of us, we hate where this country is right now and we're following a group that will do anything to tear down the other. And we just blindly follow, and what we're doing is we're walking in darkness still because we're just following whatever seems right. And so that is us, and here's the reality. Like, why, why is it so important that we not follow these groups? Why is it, not, why is it so important we don't follow walking in sin, it's because we just can't walk in two directions at once, right? I can't take a step to the right and to the left. I'll be briefly to the right and then I'll be briefly to the left. I can't do both at once, right? Unless it's the splits and I'm not about to do those right here. Um, that would, I'd just put a right tear in my jeans. That would be wonderful. So, right, we, we can't walk in two directions at once. We, we are picking one direction in every moment. So we need to uh, address that and assess that and understand in this moment, where am I walking? Which direction am I going? And so, though some of us aren't walk, are walking in the wrong direction, some of us, we walk with the wrong intention. Our lives might be marked by what seems like walking in the right 
direction. And so, uh, oddly, this I'm in both camps. So in secrets, before I was a Christian, I was walking heartily in the wrong direction, but that was very private. No one knew. But if you asked anyone around me, I was good, right? I, I was walking the right direction. I had decent grades. Like my, I had a good family. Things were going well. And so it looked like I was walking in the right direction. And I, here's the reality. I tried to make that the reality. I worked hard to make it look like I had everything together. And so, though it seemed like at times I was walking in the right direction, my intentions were wicked. My intention led me down to dark places. My intentions pushed away the light. And so earlier we saw in Ephesians, as we were diving, diving into it a few weeks ago, chapter four, verse 18, uh, that we're called not to walk as Gentiles. And Paul says it this way, that are, who are darkened in their understanding. Many of us, we're walking with the wrong intention because we're darkened in this understanding. We don't know what it is we're truly chasing because though we think we're walking in the right direction, we're walking simply in a way to justify ourselves. We walk in a way to justify ourselves, and that was me. If I could convince everyone around me I was great, then maybe that would cleanse all these other things that I did, all of the darkness that I embraced. If I could just make everyone else believe it. And so we, we seem like we walk in the right directions. It's just to justify ourselves. It's to make us look good. And at the end of the day, our walking is in no way worshipful. It's in no way worshipful because we're all about ourselves. And so to walk with the right intention, not just means to be in step with Christ, but to be with him and worshiping him in every step. Right? And so we walk with the wrong intention by trying to justify ourselves, which means we're not then walking, as Paul says, as children of light, right? And the issue with direction, this directionality and this intentionality of walking is they're not mutually exclusive. If I'm walking in the wrong direction, my heart is giving the wrong intention. If I'm walking in the right, uh, with the right um, intention, I have to be walking in the right direction as well. Because if my intention is to be walking in worshipful ways connected with the Father, at the end of the day, what the Spirit will do is correct my walking to be intentional. So if one is falling, so is the other. If one is succeeding, it pushes it to the other. So we have to press into both our intentionality and our directionality and our walking with Jesus. And so in that, as, as many of us have to repent for the dark things we embrace and the bad things that we've done, many of us need to repent of the very reason we would do anything good. And our intentions are what is wicked. And so how? How do we do this? Uh, how, how, how can we begin to take these steps? Because I, I don't know about you, but I, I hear like, yeah, just walk with the Lord all the time, and I don't know what that means, right? I don't know what that means. So we're gonna dive into that, because uh, the reality is, is this. We're called to walk in a way that directs us to obey the gospel's call in our life and with intentionality push back the kingdom of darkness. We're called to walk in a way that directs us to obey the gospel's call in our life and with intentionality push back the kingdom of darkness. 
I told you, that wouldn't make it. Right? Paul says um, in verse eight here, he said, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. That we were once darkness, but now we're light and we're to walk as children of light. So that's what Paul's calling us to, that walking that directs us to obedience. That walking that is intentional and pushes back darkness. Because if we were once darkness, but now we're light, right? We have, we have the call to then take that with us. Um, last week in our call to victory, uh, Tanner kind of wrote a, a, small, a slight adaption to a passage from the Valley of Vision. I wanna read that again this week. It says this, may the truth that is in him illuminate in me all that is dark, establish in me all that is wavering, comfort in me all that is wretched, accomplish in me all that is of thy goodness, and glorify in me the name of Jesus. Teach us, Lord, that Christ cannot be the way if I am the end, that he cannot be redeemer if I am my own savior, and that my salvation is found not in the sweat of my brow, but in the finished work of the cross. We glorify the God that is that who is both just and justifier, for he alone is good. And so today I wanna, I wanna let that sink in to our hearts again, that may the truth that is in him illuminate in us all that is dark. May it illuminate in us all that is dark and put such firm foundations that are not wavering that we can walk as those children of light. So how, how do we do this? How do we walk as Christ loved? How do we walk as children of light? Those two th very things that Paul pressed into in this section of his letter to the Ephesians. We'll look at three. They all start with A, because apparently that's what you do, uh, is have everything start with the same letter. I only had to you know, change what I was doing about halfway through to, no, <laughs> to, to make it happen. So the first, we'll, we'll see this, to walk in love as Christ loved which is that first command. So to walk in love as Christ loved, we are to abide in him. Um, and I use it for an A, but also like, let's be honest, we hear, I, I hear that a lot, like just abide in Christ, right? There's a hymn that I love. Uh, it's, it's even called Abide With Me. Um, and there's beautiful language in it, beautiful words. But that can get lost on us, mostly because we don't really use abide today. Uh, be like, hey, this is my wife, I abide in her. You know, like, it's weird. Um, and, uh, but we need to abide in him. And so uh, to do that, we're, we're gonna just look at two aspects of abiding today. Um, first, as we, before we dive into those, just have to remember this reality, that if we're going to step forth in abiding in Christ, we have to remember that we can only abide in Christ because he first abided in us. That he first attached himself to us on the cross. He covers our sin, gives us the strength that we may abide in him. And so how do we do this? It's two ways, imitation and obedience. So if we look at first one, like we, first John, as we said earlier, there is no darkness in God. And so if we're gonna imitate God, we are to have no darkness of our own, right? So how can creation imitate his creator? Well, well, let's say this, you cannot imitate what you do not know. 
right? Uh, so a, a good example of this, uh, my brother-in-law, they live in Middletown and um, they have a garden uh, that they're, they're trying to grow some veggies in and uh, one of my favorite things that my sister loves to put on Instagram is anytime that my brother-in-law mows the garden, my nephew Timothy grabs his little plastic mower, puts on a ball cap and follows him and it's adorable. It's absolutely adorable. And uh, Timothy knows his dad, loves his dad, and wants to imitate his dad, right? And so we cannot imitate what we cannot know. There is an intimacy to that relationship of father and son that we need to replicate in our own lives. Right, so we, we can't imitate what we don't know. And, and if we do n- begin to know the Lord, if we spend time in the word, we spend time in communion, we spend time in fellowship, as, as we uh, say a lot here, and as Justin talked about last week, the, the need of fellowship, um, that will uncover the fruit of the spirit in our lives, of, of gentleness, patience, peace, right? Um, and it will develop a, fellowship, a deeper fellowship with the Father and a deeper fellowship with one another. So we're to dive in together. That's why, uh, shameless plug for Missio Communities. I won't hide it, right? Our Missio Communities seek to do this, to do life together, to dig in, to understand what are the very things that light needs to be shined in the darkness of our hearts that we may walk in obedience, that we may imitate God, that we can hear from others who have an understanding of who God is in ways that we don't, and we can do the same for other people. And together, in community, can we then have the, a, a fuller picture of who God is that we may know him deeply. And so we abide through imitation and we abide through obedience. Right, and, and Paul has, says in this letter to that level of obedience goes so deep that we should not even have sin named among us. That, that is strong. And uh, so here's the, the picture I love. I, I grew up in a household that uh, the worst thing I could do is to hear the phrase from my mom, I'm disappointed in you. Anyone else? Just me? Yeah, okay. So uh, I had fear of mom, uh, definitely. And the worst is anytime I'd get in trouble at school, it was not the punishment at school. It wasn't having that little clip. Did anyone else have like the stoplights? I was like, I'm gonna put my thing in yellow and that's like supposed to be shameful. I'm like, that is nothing compared to telling my mom that I was in yellow, right? That is nothing. This is a walk in the park. And any time that you'd have to come home and have them sign that letter saying, I recognize that my son was uh, being uh, uh, rambunctious and uh, crazy at school, that night was awkward. Was, was it not anyone else like sitting around the dinner table? The awkwardness of I've deeply disappointed you and now we're, we're just not talking about it but we're actually talking about it, right? And, and so that, that is what happens on a much more important scale when we sin and we embrace darkness. That we are creating a divide between us and the Father that makes dinner really awkward, right? We have a divide. And so our obedience allows us to uh, have deeper fellowship and deeper abiding. And when we are embracing darkness, when we're walking in the wrong direction, that divide grows and we're not able to have fellowship and then we can't imitate and we're back to square one. And so we need to 
understand the darkness. We need to fight hard for obedience so that, as Paul says, sin might not even be named among you. And that's a strong call to holiness. And when we do it, when we, when we don't have obedience, we miss that sweet freedom and grace from the Father. And so if we're gonna walk as Christ loved, we're to abide, we're to abide through imitation and obedience, but if we're to walk as Christ loved, we're, we, are, we also need to abstain from darkness. If we're to walk in love as Christ loved, we need to abstain from darkness. And so our, our abiding earlier will lead, uh, as Paul says too, that we may discern, it says try to discern in verse 10 to to discern what is pleasing to the Lord and take no part in unfruitful works of darkness. So we need to abstain from being part of those unfaithful, unfaithful works. We need to let our abiding uh, fuel our abstaining from darkness, right, so that we can discern what is pleasing. The more we abide, the more we have the ability to discern what is pleasing. The more we abide, the more that it is the Lord's voice who has authority in our lives, not sin and not the group, right? And so we uh, abstain from darkness. And that darkness takes a lot of shapes, as Paul lists. Um, and so uh, one thing I do want to press in, I think, um, especially here at Missio, I think we generally understand the need to abstain from darkness in our own lives, right? That, that we need to fight for holiness. I don't, I don't think largely to many of you that's a new thing. But what I do wanna press in is if we look back last week as Justin talked about what it means to be a new community, um, he, he said this. Um, I wanna push you into the darkness, that you, not that you would join it, but that you would be a light. And he talked about how Jesus was the light among a table of sinners, and that made outsiders angry, right? And so abstaining from darkness means personally not putting forth effort to the works of darkness, to fighting it in your personal life. It does not mean that we flee from it and we only surround each other by light, right? Where I get in my little holy bubble and that all of my friends are Christians and I don't know unbelieving people and I'm not trying to be a light to them because abstaining does not mean like a, a uh, protection from, right? We've got to be out there among our neighbors that we may actually have fruitful light. And so um, that, that's one aspect of abstaining. The other is, I think, um, all, all too many of us, as we uh, are, are fighting for holiness in our lives as we're fighting to abstain from sin, what we do is we actually just paint whatever that thing is as really bad and ignore, and, and not ignore, but not focus on the reality that God is good, right? And so uh, a, a you know, simple example that is just now, we're talking about this, a plate of cookies. I wanna go on a diet, and so there's a plate of cookies in front of me. What I do is I do everything to make those cookies seem terrible, Right? And so I'm like, yeah, cookies are bad, they're full of sugar, we put a sign up, we put a, a little accountability alert that every time my hand crosses the plate, uh, everyone in my DNA group gets a text and they say, hey, don't eat the cookies, right? Like, cookies are bad. Okay, well, hold on. A, cookies are delicious, right? But cookies 
these, these cookies, this, this thing, it's not that we just need to train ourselves to say this is bad. We need to delight in the goodness of God that those cookies don't even become desirable or they're desirable in the right context, right? And so uh, C.S. Lewis says it this way, um, and I didn't put it in my notes, so it's up here, good. Uh, I, cop- I, I hit cut instead of copy. Uh, so it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea, we are far too easily pleased. Right, Uh, so C.S. Lewis, if you don't know, he's a um, prominent uh, thinker and Christian. Uh, He also wrote all of the Narnia series, um, which I'm very thankful for. I loved those as a kid, still love them. Except the movies, those movies are terrible. They shouldn't have done that. (laughs) Uh, this is a bad idea, right? And when we focus on, on if, we, if our focus is on those cookies, what we end up is we just, we're still playing with the cookies. We're teasing it. We're like, yeah, if I, maybe I'll look at the, I'm not gonna touch the cookies, but I'm gonna look at them and I'm gonna think about how delicious they are instead of saying, you know what? No, the Lord is good. Let my eyes be on him and who cares about the cookies, who cares about the cookies? May we listen to that quote from C.S. Lewis and put our eyes on Jesus that internally we just abstain from darkness because it's no longer pleasing because the light is what is good and right and true, as Paul says, right? So may, may we hear that truth this morning and abstain from darkness. And lastly, I have no idea what, how I am on time. I'm not used to this. Just throw things at me if I need to shut up. Um, to walk as children of light means we're to appear, <laughs> did you start throwing something? <laughs> to appear to as light to others. Uh, to walk as children of light, we're to appear as light to others. And so if we're gonna walk in love, we need, to, we need to appear as that light, we need to expose the darkness, right? And, and kind of like I said before, our abstaining doesn't uh, keep us from community. So uh, r- remember back to being on that sailboat and that storm in the middle of the night, if it was daytime, that lightning wouldn't have been as impressive. Because all that's around me is already light. So if we're gonna appear as a light, right, that's why these are in a certain sequential order, we have to be abiding in Christ, abstaining from the darkness, but not bubbling ourselves from it, and then that we may appear as a light to others, right? We may appear, and so uh, we need to be that light. And so if uh, Matthew 5, 14 through 16 it's a, a, a popular verse where it's, it talks about if you have uh, a lamp or a, a light, you don't put a bowl over it, right? Uh, and, and I love to think about right now, it's like, you think about it, it's like, well, if I need that, I'd just go to Ikea, I'd buy like a $10 lamp, I'd plug it in, and look, my house is bright. There was no electricity. Your lamps were oil and fire. There were few. You can just run to Ikea and grab a new one. And so it was precious, so you don't put a bowl over it. You let that shine. We let the light push into darkness, right? And so uh, one thing we're doing this summer in our communities uh, is we, we've tasked our community leaders that once a month over the next three months, you in your community should be going out into your neighborhoods uh, and loving and serving people. 
right? Not the people in your community. Uh, I quickly was like, great, if we're doing that, I'm renovating a home, who wants to come over? We're gonna just get a ton of stuff done, this will be great. Uh, but no, we're, we wanna push them out into their neighborhoods, into something that is particular to the neighborhood in which you meet and in which you live and serve the people whom you do not yet know or do not know the Lord. Be the light in that darkness that pushes that darkness away. And it is, the, the, there's so much darkness out there that we just cannot fathom. And if you want evidence of that, this week, news was just hard. As two prominent people, right, took their own lives, there's a darkness in people that we cannot know unless we go out there and we talk to them and we get to know them and we show them that there's light, right? It is the evidence of that among us is so incredible and yet we often sit to ourselves and appear as a light to one another instead of going out to others. And so our, our challenge is somewhere in your communities, the challenge uh, even this week is for you to go and do those very things, to go appear as a light to others. But to do that, well, one thing we have to remember is that we don't originate this light, right? Um, we are reflecting the light of Christ in all that we do. We do not have the ability to flip some inner switch and walk out and be like, look at this, it's so bright in here. I can't just pull out my phone, turn on the flashlight app and start pointing it at people, right? That would be weird. Um, but we reflect the light of Christ and as, as one of the ways that Paul mentions among many is through thankfulness in this text, right? He says, instead of everything, let there be thanksgiving. Thankful people are a light, right? So that's one way he mentioned. There's many more that we see throughout the Bible of ways to reflect the light of Christ to those around us as we go into the darkness. That the light we have is not our own. And so we're, we're to go out and do that because... And as, as we looked, if we're gonna walk with the right direction, we're gonna walk with the right intention. If our directionality and our intentionality are in step with Christ, then the light we reflect is him. If it's else, if it's anything else, we reflect darkness or a false light. We're reflecting darkness or a false light. And so may we abide in Christ and abstain from darkness that we may appear as a light to others. And Paul wraps it up beautifully, and so that's how I'll wrap it up is this, he just says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ's light will shine upon you. May that be you this week. Uh, I'll pray and invite Pastor Justin back up to lead us in response. Father, I thank you for your word um, and, and your truth, the call of just how hard it is to walk in step with you. So Spirit, I pray that you would guide us that you would uh, give us the strength that every step we take is in the direction that you're calling us and with every step you're more and more renewing our hearts that we may continue to walk in, in obedience as a result of your victory on the cross. So I pray that for us, I pray for this time as we respond uh, that you lead us gently into that response. Amen.